Welcome to Whiskey with Witcher. I'm Tim. And I'm Valerie. And this is a podcast where we drink whiskey and talk about the Netflix TV series, The Witcher. Spoiler alert! While each episode of our podcast directly correlates with an episode of the show, we will be discussing the series as a whole. And we'll be mentioning things from the games, books, and other pieces of Witcher IP. Although, we'll do our best not to spoil any major potential plot points. You have been warned! So, Tim, it's time for the most important question of the podcast. What are we drinking? Well, we've finally started on season two, Valerie, which by itself is worth drinking to. Yay! Cheers! But this episode is particularly special because it's the first one to actually share a name with a story it's adapting. A grain of truth. And as you pointed out to me, with a name like that, we'd better pick a whiskey that takes its grain percentage seriously. In the United States, rye whiskey must, by law, be made from a mash that's at least 51% rye. And for many rye whiskeys, that's what they target. But there's one commonly available whiskey that well exceeds that, utilizing a mash that's a full 100% rye. Even better, it perfectly fits this episode, which introduces Novellan, a man cursed to become a beast after committing a horrific act. Novellan has a boar's snout and tusks, with a face that resembles a furry pig, so it's fitting that the whiskey we're drinking to discuss this episode is Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye. This whiskey, the first rye we've had since our very first episode, has a mash bill of 100% rye, and it's 100% guaranteed to lead to some interesting conversations. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Cheers, Tim. Cheers. I was going to ask you smooth or sharp, but I guess we'll wait till our... our... You have to stay tuned. That's a later yeah. segment, Tim. <laughs> oh, so time for our summary on the spot, I guess. But first of all, can I geek out a little bit that yes. we're starting on season two? Yes, season two. <laughs> I'm so um, excited. Long time coming, guys. Yeah, like so much of um, season one, like these episodes were, our episodes were coming out like well past season two's debut. So finally getting to season two, we're we're really excited. Yeah, um, I am. I marathoned all of season two in pretty much two or three days because I was so spoiler conscious. I'm a little more like on Witcher internet than you are. So I was just really worried about getting spoiled for some plot points. So yeah, I marathoned it very quickly. Very quickly. Although I got through it like maybe a day or two after you did. Mm -hmm. So we both, we both kind of, kind of binged it, but, um, but you know, yeah, like finally able to talk about it. Um, cause we really haven't talked much about it. You and I no, um, other, we've been you know, saving it for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Other than very, very broad strokes. So, um, so Let's get into it and let's get into your summary, which is supposed to be on the spot, but never is with you. <laughs> it's summary quote mark on the spot quote yeah, mark. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. It's season two. Geralt has found Siri and Siri has found her eyebrows. The two come across a magical mansion where Geralt's old friend Nivellin, oh, and we're going to go back and forth on the pronunciation of that, guys, mm -hmm. now cursed into a beastly form, resides with his surprise Bruxa girlfriend. Geralt kills said girlfriend, breaking Nivellin's curse, and the show pontificates on what exactly makes a monster. Elsewhere, we find out that Yennefer is very much not dead, despite Tissaia and Geralt thinking otherwise. She's captured by Fringilla and a weakened Nilfgaard, only to then be captured again, this time with Fringilla, by a mysterious group of attackers. But more on that in episode two. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny compared to um compared to our our last episode with um having to summarize a movie, it's actually pretty simple to summarize. Well, especially with the the timelines a little more truncated now. Yeah, you only yeah. have two warring stories. I guess technically three with the mages Yennefer and Geralt and Siri. Yeah. 
Yeah, but um, but it, yeah, it should be a little bit simpler, um, which then leads into how do we want to tackle this? Do we well, still want to? <laughs> first, I want to talk about pronunciations, because oh. you know how we always poke fun at ourselves for being terrible at pronouncing things, particularly names. And we've even said like you, uh, Nivellin versus Nivellin and whatnot. Yeah. Well, they pronounce it multiple ways. Like the people making the show pronounce this name multiple ways, because in the show they say Nivellin. But... Uh, the actor who plays Nivellin, I was watching some behind-the-scenes stuff, and he pronounced it Nivellin. So <laughs> the people behind the scenes are pronouncing things different ways, too. So I do feel a little vindicated. Yeah. Well, who is the actor? I, I Let's see. I wrote him down. Um, is it Christopher? All right. Now, I looked this up. I found one lone interview where an interviewer said his last name. So I'm relying on you, Entertainment mm -hmm. Weekly. Don't let me down. Uh -huh. It's uh, Christopher have you okay hopefully i'm saying that right christopher apologies if not yeah um now has he been in things before that anyone would have uh, seen game of thrones man was he on game of yeah, thrones yeah he's the now don't ask me to name character names from game of thrones guys i can't was do he the, it the wild red guy? yes he was a red-headed wildling guy the, okay the one who who had a thing for brian of tarth yeah okay. we know that name <laughs> yeah that, yeah i don't know why i can't remember his name because i don't i i can't remember fantasy names guys yeah. i'm very invested in the witcher but um i i suffer from i call it person place or thing but it's where not, I never yeah. know if something is a person, a place, it's or not a just thing. you though. I can't remember his name either. <laughs> but I'm, I was, I, I was wondering if that was who he is because he looks quite different, um, shaved. Well, he looks quite different as a beastly creature yeah, as well. Yeah, but you see him, you see him as a human at the end, and he does not look like that um, character. Tormund. Tormund. Yes. Aha. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah, that's, that's before the whiskey, guys. I should, I should toast you to that. Thank one. you. Please um, do. But that's cool. Okay, I wasn't sure that that was who he was, mm -hmm. but I do remember that um, that that actor was going to be on Witcher, and then I watched all of Witcher season two and completely forgot to to look for him or think about which role is he. Yeah, so. he's a Norwegian actor, and then also the actress that plays um, the Bruxa, her name's Agnes Bourne. She's also Norwegian, so we have two Norwegian actors like taking the lead here. That's interesting. So, <laughs> so we're talking about um. Novellan. I'm just going to say Novellan. I'm going to say Novellan as well. Yes, yeah. that's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. But we might change our minds halfway through. Just roll with us. <laughs> well, we're talking about him. And um, and yeah, I mean, I guess should we just dive right in? Like, you know, this this character who um is is has been cursed and is kind of, uh, you know, I guess like half bear, half boar. Sort yeah, of it's creature. like a, a very interesting Beauty and the Beast analogy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what the story is, is. Uh, sort of spin on on Beauty and the Beast, and um, and you can that comes across both in the the written story as well as in this episode. I think he lives in an enchanted castle. I don't think he has magical abilities so much as the castle or the, the you know I'm yeah like the castle, castle listens but, to him. Yeah, yeah, it's like a manor house. But. Yeah, yeah. It um it you know it it does what he wants it to do and can conjure up food and conjure up you know um, furniture and and different you know different things that he needs. So very much like Beauty and the Beast in that regard. Um, and, um, and yeah, I, I find him, I find the performance, first of all, a really strong performance. Oh, everybody in this was great. The two guest stars were freaking amazing. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's acting and I have seen, you know, he, um, he's wearing a, a suit 
and his face is all motion captured, so the yes. face is CG. Mm-hmm. But um, but the the suit is um, is him. You know? Yeah, and, he's in a he's in a monster suit essentially, except for his face, and then his face is left open, and there's a camera like on a yeah. little tripod that's tracking his expressions, which, so they can CG it. Which was you know a great choice that they were able to do it that way because I think it allowed much more expression to kind of come through. Um, on his face and you know you feel like this creature is alive this monster is alive and um, and I think just the way he conducts himself and you know and kind of carries himself physically it's just a really good piece of acting and sometimes I know these CG performances can be challenging especially for performers who aren't used to it and I think he does like a, a amazing job yeah he's a, a friend of Geralt's in the story and um, uh, 13 years ago yeah they it's been 13 years since they last saw each other yeah, yeah. And and I'll tell you some things I I I really like about that is um like you I feel like you get a real chance of seeing Geralt like seeing a lot of what we were talking about with Geralt um, and Yaskier. Season one, yeah, with yeah. Geralt and Yaskier. You see Geralt being kind of warm and friendly and kind of like like, you know, making jokes with this um yeah. with this this character and um and seeming just kind of more more warm and less like, you know, standoffish, I guess, which is how he seems so often in season one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that, you know, and that he clearly senses something is wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, here. Like he knows Novellan is um is keeping something from him, but he is still willing to, you know, I guess because of that friendship, he's still willing to be um, you know, to to, to kind of just talk and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's that that line like when he's like, what happened to you? Oh, that story, you know, requires wine. And oh, yeah. like, what, what happened to you? you? That one requires a wine cellar. Yes. <laughs> hey, good for you, Geralt. You made a you made a joke. <laughs> you made a ha ha. Yeah. Good, good, good going, you. <laughs> so I think that getting to see that is um is 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 wonderful. And I, I really appreciate that. And you know, um, the fact that this is the first episode of the season. It just right off the bat, you're getting a sense that, okay, this is going to, I think this is maybe going to be a little different than season one. Yeah, I like that as well. I am a little bitter about it because I'm like, where is that relationship with Yaskier? Like, this is the relationship that Dandelion and Geralt have in the books. And it's like, we don't really see it. And we see him being friendly with like Mausak in season one. We see him being friendly with, um, I'm going to go with. Nivellin. Uh (laughs) That's how I'm going to pronounce it. We'll just do both and we'll cover our bases. But yeah, we get to see him be friendly and I like that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, why these characters and why not this one who's supposed to be his like best friend of over two decades? I don't know. I'm a, yes, you're Stan, man. I mean, clearly, like, and and we'll talk a lot more about Yasker when he shows up this season. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But clearly, clearly he's, um, they're portraying that relationship as different than it's portrayed in the books. And um, I think it's probably safe to say neither of us really love that. Nope. Um, But, um, but yeah, that's. That I think is the reason I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I think that's what you know, yeah. what the reason is is um, Geralt general genuinely sees Novellan as a a friend um, for whatever that means to him. And I don't know, you know, if if he sees Yaskier as a friend, and I think he does. It's reluctantly. I don't know if mm-hmm. he wants to admit it. Um, and so it's a different sort of dynamic for sure. But um, but you know, you you're. You have every right to be bitter about it. <laughs> what you know, one thing that's also interesting we haven't quite talked about yet is um we also get to see Novellan's relationship with Siri. Like yeah, now, so we get to see getting, Siri. Yeah, like, we get let's to see backtrack Siri. a little yeah. bit and talk about Siri right. and Geralt. Yeah, they're together now, which is um which is really 
great. Yeah, um, it's really exciting. Yeah, after like after them being apart and Siri, you know, ostensibly looking for Geralt through all of season one, now they're together. And yeah, I guess let's backtrack a little bit more even beyond and say, what do you think about Siri? I don't get the eyebrow things, but I think, but I like it better. I like she <laughs> looks eyebrows, so much better. Okay, she looks way better. I understand why they had her have the bleached eyebrows in season one because they wanted to make her look younger. Is and that they, what it and was? they, yeah, and they succeeded with that. I think it worked. I like her with the darker eyebrows. I think it's a little weird that it's supposed to be in the same, you know, it's not a time jump or anything. And she yeah. goes from like having no eyebrows to suddenly having like penciled on eyebrows. Yeah. It's yeah. a little weird. And we'll we'll talk about this happens again with another character yeah, yeah. later in. Yeah. yeah. So that'll come up in a couple episodes. Oh. But um yeah, it's just an odd jump. I don't I don't hate it. I'm not mad at it. I think she looks great, but it's just a strange. Like, okay, Witcher. Yeah. Carol, while they were in the woods, showed her how to use an eyebrow pencil, I guess. So, so should I admit something to you, which is I did not even notice um, that until she had I saw eyebrows people until pointing. people pointed it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, take that with it. Yeah. That you, may, you know, um, typical guy, you know, not noticing, you know, when <laughs> a lady's eyebrows, how dare you? Or, yeah. Well, not noticing when, you know, a woman does something different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You notice anything different, sweetie? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm nope. The, I'm the clueless, you know, husband sitting on the couch watching TV and like, oh, was that a new shirt? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did not notice. But um, I did think, I did notice that. I thought she looked better. I thought they did a good job, too, with she's obviously aged. It's been a couple of years since they last filmed season one. But I still thought they did a good job of making her look relatively close in age as much as they could. Yeah. With the styling and her hair and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, I don't know. There's only so much. There's only so much do. you can do. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So Siri and Geralt are together. Um I already love their relationship. Yeah, like, he's I, like doing his best supportive dad mode, yeah. which is fun. It's like, wow, look at you trying uh, to build healthy relationships. But even like, like there are just so many great moments between them. Like I love when they have that conversation about, you know, um, what she could go or where she could go. And oh, she, Skellig or Skelliga, depending on your, <laughs> oh, Tim is rolling his eyes, guys. Yeah, yeah I'm not happy with that inconsistency Skellig. with pronunciation, but um, I'm going to always Wait, wait, it. wait, let's let's put that, you're not happy with inconsistency in pronunciation? <laughs> okay, I mean, pot like, kettle. Okay, I mean, come on, we're like fan podcasters. They're, yes, like, this the, is true. they're like the performers on the show or the, the writers on the show or whatever, whoever the blame is. They should be able to be consistent with their pronunciation why no one seems to be able to pronounce the name Skellige consistently across all the the various media is beyond me. Mm. But um, the food's good there, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Would but, the food in Skellige yeah, be say, good? I feel it? like it's a lot of fetid shark. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they have like a seafood-heavy culture, but it's like I always assume Skellige is kind of like Norway or yeah. Viking land or yeah, whatever. a lot of loot fisk or yeah, you know, like, weird I, stuff I, like is that. Is the food good in Skellige? <laughs> oh, I feel like the food is good in Toussaint. Yeah. Toussaint yeah. is fake France. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Geralt's a big seafood guy. But, you know, that, that that's a nice conversation. I mean, it just yeah. goes to show, like, one, he knows. He's like, you'll be married off to the first Lord of Bad Breath or yeah. I think it's something like that, he says. But I but I do like how, you know, he seems to have this interest in her and, and wants to give her good advice and lays out these different these different sort of options. Or I guess she mentions it and he just says, well, this is why you might not want to do that. It shows a respect. Yeah. Um, like, he's not treating her like a little kid. 
Yeah. Um, like he's, he's laying a, it all out for yeah, but letting he's all, her make the choice. Exactly. Exactly. And just by his demeanor, you it's not at all clear that Geralt was going to be like that. I also really like the conversation they have about dreams and nightmares and everything where he's like, I sleep like shit too. And just, yeah. you know, canon from season one, she's like, you don't sleep. And he's like, makes for fewer nightmares. <laughs> and then he goes off about the rock troll, which I thought was hilarious. And it's kind of the beginning of season two, Geralt just having weird little jokes to himself yeah. that he thinks are funny and everybody else is just kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does that in season one a bit too. Yeah. Like the things that My just- My dick he... with balls joke yeah. I love so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I guess one thing I've, I it took me a while to kind of really pick up on with this episode was um, Siri and basically kind of the struggles she's having. Mm-hmm. And it should be obvious, but they're not so much in the forefront. Um, and- and it's kind of like, you know, the first time you watch this, you're 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 catching the big beats, you're catching kind of the dramatic stuff. And then just sort of her insecurities about herself and feeling like something is wrong um, doesn't become apparent until I think um, it was one that I, you know, became clearer as the season went on. But then you go back and rewatch this episode and it's all there right at the front. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. And it gets us back to Novellan, which um like her conversations with him and sort of the connection she feels with him because, you know, he's a monster and, um, you know, and she feels like she might be one too. She feels like she's a monster as well. It's you almost know. as if the real monster was man all along. <laughs> I, okay, wasn't, I wasn't going to go there, <laughs> um, but you know, this, you know, come on. I this, mean, it's this so episode, the theme of this episode. Oh my God. Yeah, like, which even, we'll get more into later. Yeah. yeah what makes someone monstrous. Yeah. Well, no, there's that line. Um, monsters do bad things to people and, are, and she, so bad, humans. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's monsters do bad things to people and humans do bad things to everybody. Oh, is yes. Response. Yes. So it was great. Yeah. But it's like almost it all but says yeah. the real monster is man on all. <laughs> Are you writing? You writing for The Witcher, Valerie? Uh, <laughs> if they know. want me, I would be terrible. It would be like sure R-rated fanfic all day long. But maybe <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. Um, I don't want to jump to the end of Novellan's story right. yet because I feel like we do have other things to discuss. Well, getting to see Siri in this story, which we'll yeah. get more to when we talk about our off the path section, but it's really cool, like having Siri in this story at all and mm-hmm. getting to see her as a character in it and getting to see her interact in this yeah. scenario with Novellan and yeah, like she really seems to like it there well yeah why wouldn't you you yeah. got like food falling fries as a friend of ours made the joke it's the pas and the rafters that are throwing the food down onto the table <laughs> well i mean there's first of all there's the bathtub yeah just a giant bathtub <laughs> um and of course she wants to take a bath after you know everything she's been through why yeah. wouldn't she and Geralt's are like, no, we got to keep going. <laughs> he is and still she's like, it's snowing outside, Dad. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We're not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> and then there's um, there's the meal. So I got to ask you, not that I expect you necessarily to know the answer, because I sure as hell don't. What is Witcher's quail? Um, it looks like a Pigfoot. But why does he call like it Witcher's feet. quail? Like the only the finest Witcher. Like it's it's. You know, it's clearly a joke, yeah. but I don't get it. And I, I don't know if I don't know if there's to. other stuff that's also referred to. Like, I know a prairie oyster or bull's testicles. Yeah. So, like, maybe it's something along those lines. Or perhaps there are other, and you are not, you and I are not in the fine dining scene. So, yeah. perhaps there are other uh, foods that are referred to as something quail that we don't know about. But, yeah, I think it's Possibly. just a joke. Like, oh, look, it's 
I mean, yeah, they, looked, they did something look, fancy, except not at all. They did kind of look like big dicks to me. I don't they, know. <laughs> they did a little bit. Yeah, it was like a pig's foot. But. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it could be a pig. I mean, it didn't look like anything I'd want to eat. It also didn't look like a quail to right. me. I well, don't... although it is a thing that people eat. It's not like it was something that was so disgusting that nobody, you know, people eat pig's feet. It's a thing. Well, if that's what it was. I'm not I, convinced that's what it was. I don't think know. it was a dick? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know how we would have known well, that. Well, I'm or sorry. Like I did type. not freeze frame to see if it was a dick, Tim. Next time I'll do it. <laughs> um, so they have the nice little um, meal. And then there's also the, I guess, was it light show? or You know, Tim, every time I see something like that's supposed to be old timey entertainment, in this case, the light show. Yeah. I'm like, God, I'm so happy I live in an era that has television. Yeah. Oh my God! But Can you was... imagine? Like that's the height. At least it's magical. But <laughs> I was like, say, it's pretty cool. The height little... of your entertainment is like a cool spinny little... candle thing. Like, but it, oh it my seemed gosh. like it was um, enchanted. Oh or... yeah, it was. There was some, you know. Like... But still, and then that's like the the tale of oh, what is that character's name? I have it written down. But the the elf that's like her ancestor. Yeah. Um... You distract, and I'll look at the notes. Okay. Talk about something else. I'll come back. Oh, Laura, Laura Doran. Lara. Lara Doran. So it is her story because he the doesn't- The Fall of the Elders, yeah. He doesn't say the name. I also, I'm guessing we don't get the whole story because yeah, it's, it's like it's like these two people fall in love, and then they both dead at the <laughs> at end. The end. <laughs> That's like all you get of the story yeah. from when he's- Well, we come back to it later in the series. In but, the series, yeah. but not in the episode. No, no, that's um, it. Which like- because I was I was watching it this time um, in prep for us recording, and I'm like, oh, this is such a nice little scene. I like, you know, I like uh, it's the two of them. I like that that you know he's telling this story all in rhyme, and then it ends with them dying, and then it cuts to Geralt, and then it cuts back, and there's no more yeah. story. So we don't, you know, I don't. I'm assuming there's more to it that we don't get, but um, but if. Uh, otherwise, that's like the most depressing right. short little poem ever. And <laughs> why are you telling the, sucks. Yeah, yeah. Why are you telling it to Siri right before she goes to bed? I know, right? Well, here, here's a terrifying yeah, story about two people dying horribly <laughs> yeah. at the end. Um, but um, but prior to that, it's a nice little moment, you know, this yeah. little these little lights and the show does a very excellent job of making him likable. Yeah, which then we'll talk about later, like yeah. why. That's a really good narrative choice. Yeah. But yeah, like he's very likable in this. He's funny. He's charming. Yeah. He, you know, he's very kind to Siri. Siri yeah. Yeah. And and seems to it's a very good host and a yeah. very gracious host. I even um love the the drinking game. Oh, the drinking game's fun. The cheating drinking game. The cheating drinking. Do we tre- cheat with our drinking games, Tim? <laughs> I mean, we don't really play drinking games aside from when Sean yells at us to drink something. I, I she think, hasn't done yet, surprisingly. I think this whole episode is, or this whole podcast is a little bit of a drinking game. Yeah, pretty uh, much. <laughs> I mean, it has the same overall effect. Um, maybe one of these will end up throwing daggers. So, <laughs> um, Sean, can we throw daggers in your house? <laughs> Patience. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I like that they're throwing him at his dad. Oh, that was funny too. And they're enchanted. Oh, and I love the little subtle detail of Geralt touching his medallion once he realizes that the... Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm going to... We're jumping all over the fucking place, but... Axie. We uh-huh. didn't talk about Axie. And yeah. it's the first time we see Axie in mm-hmm. The Witcher Netflix. The first time we see it and the first time he refers to a sign by name. And yeah. Says, is this, oh, that is it. You know. Um, uh, he, Yennefer says Ard in season one. But yeah. She, oh, mm-hmm. she okay. says Ard now and they kiss That's and right. he does the That's Ard. Right. But yes, he's he's calling it Axie. Yeah. 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 I like that he calls it a calming sign and not <laughs> the mind control sign as I axied my way through Witcher Wild Hunt. <laughs> 
so many times. Yeah. Just, oh, I can actually my way out of this suite. Well, also, I think if I was friends with the Witcher, I'd be asking him to cast Axie on me all the time if it was a call me uh, There's a fanfic for that, Tim. <laughs> there, there, what? There are several fanfics, some consensual, some questionable. But what? People just want to be axied all the time? Yeah, they but, use it in the sexy scenario. Yeah, okay. Well, but if it's just a calming sign, I'm talking about just, you know, chill Calm me you the down. fuck yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it depends. Like, <laughs> the best? Some's more mind control, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, God, talk about a perfect anxiety cure. Yeah, hey, right. Hey, girl, can you just cast axie on me, please? Calm me the fuck little, down right yeah, now. You could really little, use little, that this past two years. Yeah, a little, little tightly wound right now. <laughs> um, but, but it's cool to see it. And we actually see a lot of signs in this yeah. episode. I think we get Axie, Art, and Quen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's some. But um, before we move on, there was one thing I just wanted to mention, which I actually find it really amusing that at least twice in this episode, Geralt tells Siri to stay on Roach. Yeah. Um, one of them was right before he casts Axie. And it's just like every time he's like, stay on Roach, right before Roach freaks the fuck <laughs> out. And I'm just like, maybe she shouldn't be staying on Roach. Yeah. You know, like both times he says it, like Roach immediately starts bucking and neighing yeah. and freaking out. And only one of the times he he casts Axie. Yeah. So but he's a new dad, so we'll we'll kind he's of He's figuring slack. it out. He's, yeah, he's figuring all this stuff out. It's like, out. I can leave it alone for a while, right? Just yeah. leave out some food and some water, and that's all I need? Cool. <laughs> all right, well. Let's should, talk should about we, the Bruxa. Yeah, I was going to say, should we move on to Verena? Yeah, uh, Verena. I love Verena. Oh, my I God. Agnes does such an amazing job. Again, yeah. you were talking about the movements and the motions, mm-hmm. like with Nivellen. Yeah. Nivellen? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's so creepy. Um, yeah, 100% love this performance. I love this character. I mean, I guess we call her a monster, but, like, she's by far the most intelligent monster we've seen so far in the witcher yeah and um and you know um this is where i feel like having siri in this story really actually in some ways strengthens it because mm-hmm. in addition to the relationship between siri and novella that that develops while she's there you also get this little relationship between her and verena and even just the fact the first time we meet verena it's her you know coming down well first of all she gives siri the dress mm-hmm. And then she comes down while Siri's sleeping and, you know, and has this little conversation with her and basically says, I'm, I'm different. I'm, you know, I'm I'm, like you, I'm like you. And first of all, just her, yeah, her movement, um, what they kind of do with her voice, the fact that she communicates telepathically. And, um, and I, I wrote this down. I'm not entirely sure if it's a conscious decision, if it's a deliberate choice for her um, her speech should be a little halting, yeah, like a little reticent, you know, I, and hesitant. I'm not quite sure if if that was a deliberate choice, if that was a choice by the director or um, a choice by um, Ag- what's her name, Agnes. Agnes. Agnes um, Bourne? Let me see. Look it up again. Agnes Bourne. Yeah, Agnes Bourne. I'm not sure if it was her choice or if it's just that she doesn't speak English very well, yeah. and and that was. Um, you know, the best she could deliver the lines. But if that is the case, it still works, I think, for this character um, because it does make her creepy, but also a little sympathetic, yeah. I think. Like, I, you know, the way she she talks. Kind um, of childlike yes, almost. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially at the end when they're battling, she's like, he hurt me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I think it really sort of, um, sort of makes you, like, kind of feel, like, think twice about whether Geralt should be killing this 
this vampire. Even those vampires totally killing. Oh, yeah, killing all the townspeople. Yeah. Like the entire town essentially got yeah. wiped out. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it's a. It's it's what The Witcher I think does so well, where it's like all these characters are are they're not purely evil, they're not purely good. They you know they have sort of nuance to them, and it's just like with her, it's like you you kind of feel like maybe you shouldn't kill her, but she's done these these awful things, and and if she stays alive, she's going to kill more people. Right. So um, by by I think The Witcher's definition of a monster, she's a hundred percent a monster, but. You know, she's she's an intelligent monster and that kind of puts more and a sympathetic monster, and a sympathetic one. Um, yeah. And 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 I think genuinely, I don't know, at, at one point she kind of um, holds Siri at knife point. Um, but like, I do feel like she didn't intend on on hurting Siri. Right. And earlier, like Siri, she was like, don't run. If you yeah. run, I won't be able to control myself. Yeah. And I'll attack you. Yeah. 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 Um, like, I think honestly, I, I'm not entirely sure she never says this, but I'm kind of curious what you think. Like, I do think had this, had this whole story not turned out the way that it had with both Novella and Verena and the truth about both of them, which we'll get to shortly. I do wonder, like, would Siri possibly have stayed with them? Like, I think maybe that's what they were setting up was that she didn't really know what to do at this point. Um, you know, she was considering um, options. She wanted a kind of basically a home. And here she is. She gets clearly gets along well with Novellan and feels a connection to him. Um, I think she feels one briefly with Verena. Verena, I think, see, like, I think they both really like her. Yeah. I think that was kind of what they were setting up is like, this is potentially a place Siri could have stayed, um, even though she never really discusses that. Like, I, I feel like that was inferred. I don't know if you think that that was. Possibly. It honestly never occurred to me. Oh, really? <laughs> I never. Yeah, I never thought of it I, happening I, that way. But I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was possibly something that that they were setting up, um, you know, up until the very end. Right. And, and yeah. The truth about both of them. So, yeah. What do you think of Verena's monstrous form? <laughs> she was cool. Giant bat. Yeah, yeah. It was neat. And that that freaky face and mouth of her. Oh, the mouth was awesome. So the mouth was actually a prosthetic. Yeah. Like the mouth was a practical. I mean, I'm sure they blended like some CGI with it. But yeah, uh -huh. they if you go on their Instagram, on the Witcher Instagram account and Twitter, I think has it too. You can see like yeah. the, them putting it on her and what the makeup process was like and everything. And it's 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 funny because she's so frightening when she's all monstered out like yeah. that but then you know she immediately at one point goes back to her more human form and it's immediately like you're like you just it makes all the difference you just immediately feel sorry for her yeah. like here she's this young unarmed woman who this this you know ruthless killer is trying right, to is trying to take out yeah, yeah yeah and it just seems like no even though just moments before she was you know doing her she's the one who has the power of scream oh yeah. that was so cool that was like oh i loved it it yeah. was so good and her little weird clicky movements and then when um Nevelin or Nevelin, however doing it stabs her and she turns all like her rotates her body all the way yeah. around and he even is like ah yeah. <laughs> when she does it it was yeah. pretty funny yeah that yeah that's also just so well done it's also so kind of shocking yeah and, you know and great and i think um really really kind of makes it clear that witcher is 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 operating at a whole new level with this season yeah yeah like they're they have we have a higher budget, yeah. better um, effects budget, better special effects in general. But this whole fight, yeah, with her flying around, with her screaming at, you know, doing her scream thing at him, then um, 
you know, like, yeah, stabbing her and her head just kind of turning around exorcist style. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, pulling herself towards Novellan. Um, it's all just so well done. Um, and then even her last sort of line after her head's lopped off, where it's like, he'll come for you too, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that to Siri is just so eerie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I do see it as a, as a tragic end, even though she was not, I think a good creature, you know, she clearly loved Novellan and I think had a, had a real interest and could have developed like, you know, a real sort of caring, nurturing sort of um, relationship with Siri as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So now, now should we finish up Novellan? Well, I want to talk about a few other things from All this right. before we get to it. Just some things we haven't mentioned yet from this part of the storyline. Um, I like how Siri mentions Mausak and yeah. she has a line where she's talking about magic. She says magic like a druid. And I think that's like a really cool little character detail because that's the only exposure she's had to magic at this point. Yeah. You know, they don't have mages in Sintra. So druids are the only magic users she's seen. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, one of my favorite quotes is <laughs> given our pandemic times. I've lived through a whole dark age and three supposed end of days. It's yeah. all horseshit. I am feeling those elder millennial vibes, Geralt. <laughs> like... Yeah. I feel like that line's totally become a meme a little oh, yes. bit among Witcher fans. And then also, just a few other things I want to point out, uh, confirmation in the show that cats don't like witchers. <laughs> and um, Mausak told me of a hedgehog man who was cured by true love. Yeah. So Mausak's telling tales, but Siri doesn't know that that's her, her parents. Her dad, which I do think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, do witchers not get cold, Tim? Because it's snowing like crazy, and Geralt has a cloak for half a second, and then he's out in do. his shirt sleeves. I don't think they do. I think that's part of it. I think, you know, them being up in, in Caramoran, uh, the school of the wolf witchers, I don't think get cold. And uh, one other thing, I don't know if we should talk about it now or talk about it more when we get to Yen's storyline, we'll but there is Yen. a conversation between Nivellen and Geralt where they talk about, how are you not heartbroken? Oh, yeah. And he's like, who says I'm not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also the conversation where they talk about just what makes a witcher. I love the line where he's talking about, well, that's not going to happen to her. And then Nivellen goes, but it happened to you. And I just thought that was such a great little bit of, yeah, well, it happened to you. And acknowledging the trauma that Geralt has gone through that he, you know, so often pushes aside and doesn't really, I think, like to think about so much. But, yeah, yeah. like it happened to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, all right, can we talk about the big reveal? Yeah, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the off the path section, too, because okay. there's some key differences between that I'm I'm really going to get into it there. Okay. But yeah, All so right. we find out some shit about Nivellen. Yeah. Originally, we are told Nivellen um, is asked about his curse, and we're told that um, when he was younger, he went to this temple um, high on mushrooms with, I think, friends of his or... Or, or people we knew and basically to face this temple. And it was the temple of the lion-headed spider. Yeah, which is a badass thing. It sounds metal. Yeah, I want to go to the temple of Don't the lion-headed spider. Don't trash it. Yeah, plan. yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets, you know, really high and goes and trashes this temple and is cursed by this priestess there. And and that's what we're we're told. Um, but then afterwards, after it's after he's cured, after um Verena confesses her love and says, Me or or nobody and Geralt kills her, it lifts Novellan's curse, but he's distraught, you know, mm -hmm. he's distraught because, you know, this this vampire who he had he had come to really care for is dead. And, you know, and I think Geralt says you're free. And he's like, you say you call this free. 
and I don't remember exactly how it's brought up, but as he's leaving, you find out the truth, which was he didn't just deface his temple. He also raped the priestess. Yeah. He says that as Geralt and Geralt and Siri both sort of kind of turn. You could see their sort of expressions change. And, um, and yeah, then, they're, they're horrified. Yeah. They're disgusted. Yeah. And then they're they're basically leaving. And he says, um, I don't know. He just something. wants Geralt to put him out of his misery, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And he says, well, you're human now. Do it yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's very, first of all, this is um, this is entirely in keeping with the book. Maybe mm-hmm. not how it's presented, and we'll get to that, but but he is a rapist in the the book as well. That was what caused him to to be cursed. So this was not something that was added for the show, but it's presented in a different way. And I think it creates a, a much more powerful ending, um, a much more tragic ending. And then also, again, like, you know, kind of throws all this sort of confusion about how you feel about right. You, he's set up to be charming, yeah. and he's nice to Siri, and he's funny, and seems really kind. And then, yeah, you find out that, and and they they lay the groundwork. Like you can see during the episode that he's got, he's hiding something. He's ashamed of something based on his conversations with Siri. You know that there's like something going on there, and he feels monstrous, and it's not yeah. because of his outward appearance. Like yeah. he he has done something yeah. that is really horrible, and he knows it. Yeah, I mean that's I guess maybe a key difference to um, how we often see sort of rape portrayed is like he at least you know he realizes that what he's done is is awful and he feels guilty he feels like a monster yeah and i think this is a another example is to the benefit of having a female showrunner that you get this female narrative perspective on something that's an incredibly difficult topic in a way that's not normally shown in media you know this is a very different perspective and it's still through the eyes of a male character but it's you know, it's treated with this gravitas, and oh, he's he's sorry, and yeah. that doesn't make it okay. I'm not saying that makes it okay at all, yeah. but he has guilt, and he has remorse for it, and he knows that he did something unforgivable and horrific, and it's yeah. not usually approached from that lens and from that point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that part of the reason, like, I... I, I I don't know that we can unpack it this much, but maybe we can. Like, do you think that's part of the reason he um, he falls for Verena, or do you think it's just because she, you know, she she isn't scared of him and 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 seems to love him despite his? Oh, I'm sure it's part of it that she's not turned off by that aspect of him. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting because it's a it's a key difference, and we'll get to it in our off the path mm-hmm. with, as to how that is. But yeah, like like he does, you know, he feels like he is a monster that he is one. And so um, so if he's going to be with someone, it should be a monster as well. I think the story is so much stronger for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a really, I hesitate to use the word great given the subject matter, but it's a really, it's just a really well done perspective that you normally don't get to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real gut punch of an ending yeah. too. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say more about Navellan because we definitely have other things to talk about. We have other things to talk about. We need to talk about Yennefer. Yeah, that whole side of the story, and and let's let's start at the very beginning with like this whole episode. um, Actually, doesn't start with Geralt. I don't believe it starts. Well, it starts with the prologue with um, these people getting killed by Verena, but then it cuts to the Battle of Sodden. Yes, um, I think maybe the day after we left it um, at the end of season one, you're seeing like all the the bodies, but Yennefer is gone and. 
Tisaya. You're you darling Tisaya. You know this. I cannot <laughs> with the sad Tisaya. I cannot with the ta- sad Tisaya. Like, Mayana, Mayana Bernie, Bernie? Mayana. Mayana Bernie. Tim is, is trying, man. He's yeah. had a few glasses. Yeah. No, I, I should be able to say her name. Mayana Bernie is a phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal performer. So but like, yeah, her being sad over the loss of, of Yennefer and their desperation to find her when she's screaming out, Yennefer! And Yennefer. oh, the magic. That's such badass, interesting magic where she's like reliving the last moments of all these different soldiers that got killed yeah. trying to find Yen. Yeah. Just to find her. Um, but just, you know, the desperate and the tears in her eyes. And when, when Vilgefortz comes up and, and, and talks to her and he says something like she's gone or, yeah. and, and you could just see like, you know, she's just, um, you know, she's not like full on crying, but she's just about to, and you just haven't seen Tisea show any sort of emotion mm-hmm. like that before. She bottles it all up inside, but man. Conceal, don't feel. It's just brutal. It's brutal. I cannot. Like, I just, the first time I saw that, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, she's yeah. breaking my heart. I can't yeah. watch this. Um, Bravo, Mayanna yeah. Burring. You are a phenomenal performer. You are Tim's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you are my favorite. And even at your your lowest, it's just like it's just like, man, she's so badass. <laughs> but um, but we do find out what happened to Yennefer, which yeah, is Yeah, but before that we get Geralt and oh, say yeah, briefly yeah. interacting. We have to yeah, we have to It's I, when your mom meets your ex. Yeah, yeah. This this brief little scene where um where she she basically tells him that, you know. She didn't survive. And I'm glad you mentioned this scene because another another line that Geralt says where I'm like, is that really a fair line, Geralt, where he looks at her after he finds out, you know, presumably he thinks she's they, they both think she's dead. Yeah. Like, was it was it worth it? I mean, come on, Geralt. Like, yeah, yeah like she saved countless lives, countless livelihoods, um, everyone's well-being. Of course it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that she died. It was a it was a sacrifice, but it was also a noble... way to invalidate her sacrifice yeah, and her choice she, again, she Geralt. Your yeah. MO invalidating her choices. Exactly. Like, it was a choice she made. It wasn't like, you know, someone It's not about her. you, Geralt. <laughs> So I get it. I get that he's hurting, you know, yeah. and um, maybe that's a natural response to say, but it just, it was, it was one of the two lines, the other one being the, you know, the grandfather line where I'm like, yeah. come on, girl. Speaking of him hurting, can we talk about these contacts, these oh. season two contacts? Oh, see, the contacts bug you oh, way more than they I bug me. Oh, I hate them because it's just like. Uh, he looks dead-eyed and he's like trying to emote he's sad his lady love he thinks she's dead and he's like all upset and it's just like a soulless shield right over his eyeballs i can't see into his emotions i don't know i just i think they're weird i don't you know to to me that's just part of him being other other Yeah. yeah Um, so it, it, it never bothers me, oh, but I, just I know have a hard time with the big emotional moments. Well, they just, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, it's not that I'm just not seeing his soul. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh. yeah, I mean, it does look unnatural, but I think that's part of the point. Yeah. It never has bothered me. I know, I'm not, I know you're not the only one who is bothered by it though. I mean, other, other friends we have who are fans of the show have complained yeah. about the contacts. So maybe I'm in the minority, but uh, yeah, myself, it's just never really bothered me. Yeah. Um, you know, the yellow eyes are just weird, but I know I don't mind the color. I don't know. There's just something about it where I have a harder time getting a read on his expressions and he's much more of a subdued character. So sometimes yeah. it's hard to, uh, 
to pick up on what he's putting down. Yeah. And then they gave him to Yennefer this season, too. Speaking <laughs> of Yennefer, I don't think she has him all the time, but there are different se- definitely scenes, like and in this episode especially, when she's yeah. got him. And I'm like, no! Yeah. I know, I know it's expensive to do CGI. I get it. But, ugh. See, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all, but, like... We have a mutual friend who the first thing she said to me about season two was, what is going on with, with, yeah, (laughs) hey, cat, what is going on with Yennefer's eyes? Like, like, they look so much worse this season. Yeah. Like, look, they clearly have increased their budget. Yeah. And uh, if it, if. If having her wear contacts means we get more awesome monsters, I and just cool cool shit, I am all in favor of it. Fair, fair. But, but yeah, so Yennefer, she's captured and Yeah, she's not dead. Spoilers. Yeah, Surprise. Yeah. Um, she's been captured by this little squadron of Nilf Guardians yeah. and, and Fringilla. And basically they have some some sort of back and forth throughout their little moments. Uh, there's not a lot of near, a lot of plot that really happens. It's largely Yen is is prisoner and mm-hmm. and Frangilla has taken her prisoner and they're kind of sniping back and forth. Yeah, about choices and yes. power and yeah. um, oh, why am I blanking on the word, Tim? Uh, not honor, but responsibility. Okay, responsibility. Yeah, uh, like what yeah. are you responsible for? And well, it struck me watching the two of them that under different circumstances, these two could have been really they could have been friends yeah. and, and really powerful allies mm-hmm. because what they're saying is not too like like i feel like where it's they, not dissimilar yeah where they're coming from is not dissimilar like i feel like they both have similar problems with the 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 system that they are um supposed to operate under and sort of that structure and these sort of authority figures who do not represent them at all and um and so they both have similar issues but they just they they go about it totally different ways yes. and it's put them at odds. And it's a little bit frustrating because you're like, dude, just, you know, get over your issues and like team up because yeah. you could totally kick ass if you did. Yeah. Um, I also like that there's a little book call out where Fringilla has a line to Yennefer where she says, you're blind, Yennefer. Which in the books, there's oh, yeah. like a little throw. Like Jennifer loses her sight because uh-huh. of her use of fire magic. It all happens off screen. It's very, you know, yeah. quick in the books. Like nothing. It's not actually a plot point. It's just like a throwaway line. Yeah. But I love that they reference well, it here with that. Well, all of this, it, I, and I guess we should just say it now, um, all of the yen stuff that happens this season is all well i guess not all of it but so much of it is off the path like it's yeah just, it's its own thing it's its own thing yeah um and we'll get into the details of that as as we get into our future podcasts so it is a nice little nod yeah um, i also there's one last little thing i want to mention about this part of the story the one thing i thought was kind of amusing is um throughout Throughout these sort of scenes, like Yen is complaining about the food. And <laughs> Yen how bad is very food... specific about her Nilfgaardian beer and food. Yeah, man. yeah. But she's like, conjure me up some good food or, or something, um, complaining about it. Well, did you notice at the very end of, of the story, but it's, which is also the end of the episode, when the Nilfgaardians are ambushed, they are finally roasting a good piece, good looking piece of I meat. I didn't notice yeah. that. No. <laughs> like they finally they managed finally to catch some, some good food and then they're all killed and ambushed, you oh, know? No. So, um, with so like you, the bungee arrow things, yeah. like those are wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bummer. Yeah, never gets her good meal. Yeah, never gets her meat. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but we do have the mages as well because because yeah. to say or, or yeah to say a story continues, um, they go back. Is, are they back at Eratusa? I think that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Looks and, like Eratusa. And and we see the aftermath too. Um, Triss has been hurt. Oh, Triss. Yeah. And can we talk about the, the wig? Yeah. Like oh okay, my God. you're talking. So you're talking about. You're going on about like series eyebrows, and I'm oh, like, what the fuck wig. is up with Triss's hair? That uh, wig. Like, okay, so they gave her the red hair because people were complaining she didn't have it in season yeah. one. That's the only thing I can assume. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm I don't even... mind. If that would have been her hair from the start, yeah. I would have been fine with it. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But it's it's weird. It's like suddenly her hair is different. Suddenly she's got different don't... hair. She like got off the battlefield and got her hair done while she was like dying. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. yeah. And they never explain it. That is weird. That is a bit of that sort of weird. Yeah, they have like one continuity. throwaway line in the next episode, which we'll talk about more in more detail then. But yeah, it's just like they already have it on her. Like yeah. she's thrashing and dying on the bed and she's already got the different hair on. And it's like, why? Yeah, yeah. I don't this understand is weird. that. It's, it's just a weird inconsistency. Um, like I feel like you could have introduced that wig yeah, more naturally. Yeah, I mean, people change their hair yeah. all the time, especially after a trauma. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah, cliche, exactly. but like you break, you end a relationship and you change your hair. It Something happens, you change yeah. your hair. Like totally would have made sense if they would have been like, yeah, I just felt like I needed to change. Yeah, exactly. I think it would have, I think it would have fit if yeah. the, uh, when we see her in the next episode, if if then like, Yeah, you know, she'd just been like, yeah, I just wanted to change something up. Yeah, yeah. But you know. that's not what they did. And it's weird. I agree. But yeah, I, I don't know that I have much else to say about... I love this episode. Yeah. I thought this episode was oh, great. Well, I do have a... Okay, so... You with lied! That, you have, have something of, else to no, say! No, I have a question. I have a question to ask, okay. which is, you know, one of my, my questions I tend to ask. So this is adapting a short story. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it when we get to um, Off the Path. But most of the season is not. Most yes. of the season is adapting the book Blood of Elves. So why do you think they chose to start this season adapting this short story from from the last the last wish it's the second story in that book so from the very start of of um you know the witcher narrative on the books like yeah now they 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 save that short story for presumably last like why do you think they do that they and then start this season with that well it's an awesome story for starters like yeah. i'm very glad that they decided to include it and i think with the introduction and inclusion of Siri, uh -huh. it gives it new life. Like there are really nice elements about, especially knowing what happens with Siri's arc later in the yeah. series of setting up like monsters and what makes a monster, what makes yeah. you feel other, you know, yeah. that you can really grab from in this episode and set up those seeds. Like you were saying with the mages, we'll set it up for Siri later on down the line. So yeah. I think it's a really nice addition. Like it works really well. I mean, yeah. And also like Blood of Elves, we've talked about Blood of Elves. Yeah. Blood of Elves is not the strongest book in the series. Like we both think it's, I don't know, is it your least favorite? Like it's yeah. it's my least favorite so of what far. I've read so far. I don't think there's a lot of stuff in Blood of Elves, honestly, to pull from. So padding um, it out and giving it some more plot, I don't think really hurts. Time to talk about the whiskey, I think. Yay. Yeah. All right. Are we going to go with one of my two words? Hang on a second. Let me try this. It's definitely, you can taste the rye. You can taste like the it's, rye. It's very rye <laughs> forward. Is that the word? Yeah. Well, it's 100%. 100% yeah. rye. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely taste it. And I would I would say that it's sharp, too. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it would be sharp. <laughs> so. Um, and it's got fun legs. Like when you twirl it. Yeah. There are definitely some, some little leggies that get left behind in the glass. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm 
you know, I've been smelling this and I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to think of what I get. I get a lot of spices. Guys, we're trying so hard. We're trying hard. Um, <laughs> and then Sean's going to come in and like be a fucking professional. About like I feel it. like I'm getting like, like pepper and leather, you know? <laughs> there definitely is a spiced element to it yeah. for sure. And with a little bit of, of sweetness. So I don't know quite what the sweetness is. Um, and then. Definitely nuttiness. Tim um, is contemplating. He's trying I'm so trying. hard, you I'm guys. I'm trying so hard. Because, I am not trying. I'm just going to drink it glug fucking glug. Well, because, all right, because Sean has has said, um, I'm, I'm calling Sean out. He said he didn't like this one. You know, he's like, it's not for him. I don't love this one. That's just a personal taste thing for me with rye. Like, uh-huh. I don't like a mash bill that has that much rye in it. Really? Yeah. Uh, See, Templeton... I wasn't incorrect when I said it was very rye forward. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't wrong. <laughs> I mean, the bottle yeah. that says 100% rye in right <laughs> Don't but. reveal my secrets. <laughs> um, Templeton is the rye that has about as much rye as I can take. Uh, and that's another one that has like quite a bit. Not 100%, obviously. Yeah. but um, I do have um, I do have a question for you then, Sean. What do you think? Do you think you would like it better in a cocktail? Uh, I haven't tried mixing any of the ryes that I haven't been as big a fan of. Um, I just kind of avoided them. Mm-hmm. But you know my my favorite drink is a Sazerac, which is rye based. Yeah, and I could see that uh, you know kind of getting up on its feet for me. Yeah. Well, okay. So I have I have some facts about um about this whiskey. Whistlepig got their start around 2015 in Vermont. They specialize in rye whiskeys. It's just about all they distill. And their piggyback rye was first introduced in 2019. So this is not a very old whiskey. Piggyback rye actually was something of a passion project for Dave Pickerel, um, Whistlepig's now late master distiller, who wanted to create a rye that was specifically well-suited for cocktail use. The bottle's been designed in a way to make it particularly easy for bartenders to use, which is why I was asking if you think it might be better in a cocktail, Sean, because that was how he envisioned this. Um, We might have to try that before the night is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, possibly. Um, Sadly, though, um, this whiskey didn't debut until after Pickerel passed away in 2018. However, and this is actually kind of cool, it contains a bunch of nice little tributes to him, little whiskey Easter eggs, if you will. Um, like one of them, Whistle Pig's traditional logo includes a cartoon pig wearing a black top hat. But you'll see on the piggyback rye bottle, Valerie, mm-hmm. he's wearing a cowboy hat. That's a tribute to Pickerel, who was rarely seen without his signature Stetson. So that's the only um, um, bottle that has that logo. If it was any other Whistle Pig rye, he would be wearing a little top hat. In addition to that, the years 1956 through 2018 can be found on the bottle's neck. Those represent Pickerel's year of birth and year of death. And this one I think is kind of cool. Whistlepig Pickyback Rye is precisely 96.56 proof. Um, that's right. That 0.56 is also a nod to the year Dave Pickerel was born. Though I'd imagine it's a 96 part that you're likely feeling right now, Valerie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because it's such an odd proofage. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a word, proofage? <laughs> it is now, Tim. Okay. It is now. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah. And, and finally, just a little fun fact that I wasn't aware of. A whistle pig is another name for a groundhog. Um, did you know that? I think I did. Now that you say it, yeah. it does sound familiar. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, we but, called them groundhogs where I grew up. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's always just been groundhogs. Or woodchuck. 
Yeah, or woodchucks, but um, I've never heard whistle pig before. But I think judging by the fact that whistle pig whiskey uses a cartoon pig rather than a groundhog, um, I don't think that that's what they were alluding to in their name. I think they just kind of thought it was a cool name. So um, so anyhow, they're an interesting, interesting um, um, distillery. Apparently, they um, they operate on a old dairy farm hmm. that's over 100 years old. I mean, there's other things like their um, a lot of the barrels they use in their casking, it, you know, the wood is actually from the farm. Um, they make the barrels themselves, I believe. Um, a lot of other things. If you're at all interested in whiskey, they're a fascinating distillery to to um, look into, especially if you're a fan of rye whiskey. Um, like I said, that's all they make. They have like one bourbon, I think, um, and everything else is. And is I rye. see, uh, looking at the bottle on the label, it says it's pop distilled, which we learned about in our Nightmare of the Wolf episode. Yeah, what that entails. So. I, I do believe that's that all their whiskeys are pot still, um, or use pot stills. So yeah, for fans of TV Beyond the Witcher, it is also the favorite. Um, not the piggyback specifically, but Whistle Pig Rye is the favorite, at least rye, and I believe whiskey of Vince Gilligan, creator of Breaking mm. Bad. Oh, really? Nice. Huh. I know him from his X-Files days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually, that's interesting. That's that's pretty cool. They do seem like an interesting distillery. Like, I think if I was going to Vermont, um, you know, I, would, um, I wouldn't mind doing a, a tour because they do give tours. And nice. And it's a cool bottle, too. I really like the label. Yeah. Yeah. It you know, occurred to me, I was taking a bunch of pictures earlier. I'll have to take some some closer photos of those little Easter eggs, and we'll we'll put them all up on our Instagram. Hey, um, should we thank someone for this bottle, Oh, Tim? yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Um, yeah, this bottle was actually donated to us. Woohoo! But... We love donations. <laughs> um, it's from um, a friend of the podcast, Denise Mendez-Bosch. So, Denise, thank you so much thank for you, this Denise. bottle. Um, yeah, it's from her, her own stock. She thought we'd dig it and that it would pair well for this episode. So, yeah, thank you, Denise. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, hey, guys, if you have any whiskey suggestions, please reach out to us on email or social. Yeah. We are definitely game. All right. Well, I think it's time for our next segment. Season two, Care Moron. Yeah, yeah. We're keeping it, guys. We're keep. Of course we're keeping it. This is one of our best segments. Um, I find this one pretty interesting because I suspect we might have – you see, Tim, every time you say that, it never is. Well, so I'm curious. I mean. You're going to be drinking if you don't. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, like, is there any other one to pick? Like, a care moron is one who makes bad decisions, right? Yeah, but we have very different views sometimes of what a bad decision well, is. Is there any worse decision than raping a priestess? Like, nah, like I mean, that wasn't who I picked. But really? Yes. Okay, well, then let me, then let me, I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. Then. I'm surprised that's not how who you picked. Like, yeah, I I don't see how it could be. I I'm curious who you picked. Yeah, I don't right. See how anyone could be a bigger a bigger um make worse decisions a bigger care moron than Nivellin. You know what? I think it's because I feel like that happened off screen prior to the episode, so I didn't consider mm. it in that regard. Well, I was looking at decisions that specifically happened within the episode. That's because interesting. Because as soon as you said it, I'm like, no, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 interesting because you're you're right. It is off screen i feel i'm gonna put this under our podcast our rules you know yeah, right and so i think it's I'm, you know i think it's fair but i mean it's interesting now that we. Oh, have i'm not disagreeing ones. with you your um, pick is yeah right on yeah i mean and honestly i don't even know what else i have to say about him because we talked about it yeah you know already but like yeah i mean he's um 
I don't think he's a bad guy, but he did something that's kind of unforgivable. And um, it's like he is and he isn't, you know? Yeah. It's like he seems like a really decent person until you find out he did this horrific thing. This horrific and then you're thing. like, crap. Yeah. How do I feel about this character now? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I. I don't know that that makes him a bad person. It makes him a person who's done something horrible who, you know, he's like, is there any atoning for it? It leads to him being cursed. It leads to all this tragedy in his life. And yeah, I, I, a lot of times these care morons are kind of funny and little, yeah, like, uh -huh. kind of silly. Um, I guess this one's a little bit more serious, but I don't see how I could pick anyone other than him mm -hmm. with this episode. So I'm surprised that you... Um, yeah, I honestly, like I said, I think my reasoning was that I was looking at episode-specific decisions yeah. as opposed to, but I totally hear where you're coming from and don't disagree. Well, okay, so who is the who is yours? I pick Verena. Okay. Girl, all you had to do was stay hidden for one night. <laughs> what are you doing? There was a witcher in the house. Like, come on. Don't go, like, checking out Siri and crawling around the ceiling all exorcist. I guess you didn't crawl around them, but you know what I mean? Like, so, this is interesting though, because here it's, it's interesting how we both approach these different yeah. ways because I wouldn't have thought to consider Verena because she's not human. And mm -hmm. um, I've always thought of this, I guess, I mean, you know, would, I would, I would pick like a dwarf or an elf or yeah. something. And I guess maybe they're not human either, but I guess I put her in the category of monster mm -hmm. and I would not think of monsters as being, um, capable like you know like if you think about it any monster that attacks Geralt is being stupid because right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know so so it's just like I think of them as these sort of kind of feral things but obviously she's not so so again very valid very good choice but that's why I never thought about no, her I get is it. because yeah. you know I'm like oh she's the monster so you know we don't we don't pick monsters for Caramorons. that's the fun thing about this segment though is you and I approach it sometimes from very different directions yeah. so it's kind of interesting to see where we're coming from yeah yeah but no you're right totally just stay just stay hidden stay in the ceiling for yeah. one night yeah. one night they're just staying for one night and then they're gone yeah like yeah. what are you doing you know he's a witcher <laughs> like don't reveal yourself you dum-dum yeah off the path? Off the path. Differences in the IP. Now, this is an interesting off the path in that it is arguably going to be our, our last one like this. So we'll 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 talk about how we're going to do off the path in our next episode. But this one, um, it is adapting a short story. Mm -hmm. So um, so we can talk about differences between the episode and the story. One thing that, like I said at the very beginning, that isn't different is the name. It's called A Grain of Truth, which is the name of the the short story. And this begins, I believe the season two episodes are all, all of the names of the season two episodes are also said in the episodes. Oh, are they? I think going forward, yeah, we'll, we'll pay attention, but I'm pretty sure this sets off a trend where, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're. The name is hidden somewhere in the episode, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they're, they're, Paying tribute to Andrzej Sapkowski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he likes to do that a lot, saying, guys. Yeah. The time of contempt. The time of contempt. The time of contempt. The time of contempt. Um, so, okay, what do you what do you think of this story? We both um we both read it. Yeah. So again, I would like to stop talking about the rape, but I do want to just mention one thing here, which and we kind of talked about this earlier when we were talking about the episode, but it's um. They handle it, I think, much better in the episode. In yeah. the in the book, it's just kind of like hand waved. He's it's like he's talking about, oh yeah, I did this and I did this and I did this and I raped the priestess and I did this and I did this. And there's yeah. no there's no accountability really assigned to yeah. it. And in the show, right. you know, they do it in such a way that he you genuinely like 
feel the gravity of the situation and you understand like this is a horrific thing and he knows that it's a horrific thing and it's acknowledged well, that it's a horrific yeah. thing. Whereas in the book, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I did this and then I went. Nah, nah, nah. Well, there's some also key differences that I think play into that. First of all, the biggest one, which is maybe a surface difference, but it makes a huge, ends up actually having a big impact on how the story plays out is as we mentioned, Siri is not in the short story. Right. And this, also Geralt's not his friend in yeah, the short story. Yeah, that was the other one. I was going yeah. to get to that uh, one. I jumped the gun. Yeah, but for, uh, we'll get to it really quickly. But first of all, with Siri, um, this is before this, this, this is the second short story in the first Witcher book. Mm -hmm. So um, The Last Wish. The Last Wish. So you read The Last Wish, which is the first of um, all the books that he's written. I mean, not really, but we're not going to get into that. But it's his first, it's the earliest Witcher book. Um, it starts with a short, a short story called The Witcher, which is the Striga story from, mm -hmm. from season one. And then your next one you get to is this. So it's really early on. It's before Siri is introduced. It's before Dandelion is introduced. And it's just um, it's just Geralt. And I what I like about this stretch of stories, like this period of kind of like the narrative is it really is, you know, at this point, just Geralt killing monsters. And there's like kind of bigger themes that are attached to it. But um, but yeah, it's a lot of just, you know, he's a witcher doing witcher things at this point in 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 the narrative. And so this this story is an example of that in the books. But here in the episode, they've added Siri. Mm -hmm. She obviously plays a role. We talked a lot about that. And then, like you just said, they're also not friends. Um, right. He they're is, strangers. Yeah, they're strangers. And um, he comes across the the bodies of um of people who have been who have been attacked and killed by Verena and then he comes to this household and is you know is approaching it and this monster runs out and ends up being Nivellin and then he introduces himself and tells everything um you know that happened and so it does change that does it play into the whole rape thing in that it's just not it's just kind of hand waved like yeah he's said. going through like a laundry list yeah of just like things yeah and it, yeah yeah he mentions it he mentions it at the beginning when he's well not right at the beginning of the story but when he's telling what Geralt what happened to him he doesn't hide it the way that he does in this story and Geralt also doesn't react to no, it either in the no. story it's just um, kind of like okay whatever which okay yeah possible you know that like I do agree it's handled better in the episode, but it's also a different, just a completely different, different scenario, situation yeah. because they are friends, you know, like because of that, it's just a different sort of reaction, reaction experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's trying to find out what's going on here. Um, and so this is just part of a story being told to him by this random guy he just met. I don't even know that it would make sense for what Geralt is wanting to accomplish for him to, you know, like, like, past judgment yeah and yeah. cut him off and be like all right well i'm done with you um because he's trying to find out what's going on whereas in the show they're friends and he finds this out at the end so it's just like a shock yeah and um and so it completely kind of changes things right um in his eyes and obviously in series as well so that you know it just it just plays out different as a result of those changes being made to the story um but so, i yeah. like those changes so much better yeah, yeah, I think I think it works. I think it works well. I mean, I think it's a sort of change that you wonder if like um Sapkowski is saying like, yeah, maybe I should have had them be friends beforehand and him finding this out at the end that might have made for a more powerful ending. 
Instead, you know, the short story ends with actual lines that are said in the the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do lift some lines directly from the story. You know, learned like mages and learned men have studied this, and all, like they've oh all, about true love. Yeah, and yeah. But they've all you know, like it's almost word for word, I believe. Um, but they, you know, the one thing they've they've landed on is that it must be true love, and that's the that's how how the story ends. It ends with that line. But, you know, and then also even the me or no one else and her pulling himself herself yeah. towards Nivellen, that's all directly from the story. It like, is. But in the story, she is actually more monstrous in the story because yeah. she's you find out she's killing people because she doesn't want him to be with anyone else. It's mm-hmm. like me or no one else. That's it. Yeah, she doesn't want him to be with any. All right, so I guess there are other things to mention. Like one, there's is, way more Beauty and the Beast stuff happening. Yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's trying to lift the curse on him for a while, and so because he's a wealthy, um, you know, um, um, person, as you know, has he's sitting on a lot of wealth. All these sort of peasants bring their daughters over and basically to spend a year with him, and then he he rewards them with a big dowry and. You know, at first I think he's hoping that it'll um, cure him. He also likes the company, and um, and it you know, and it's kind of interesting. They all are different in the way they approach it. Some of them are, you know, scared of him at first. Others aren't. Some um, are really into some it. Some of them are really into really it. Really into it. Yeah, but you you <laughs> you find out this whole you know story that he's been kind of you know he's had quite a few relationships like this over the and years and that's where the title a grain of truth comes from because he's looking for the grain of truth in the stories of like true love's kiss and that's everything right. yeah but then verena enters the picture and you're right she doesn't want him um seeing others and i think actually is trying to make him more monstrous like yes, she's she's, casting, to, mm-hmm. she's causing him to have nightmares it's interesting because Geralt and Siri have a story about having night or have a conversation about having nightmares in um, the episode, but in this one, it's, it's Nivellen who is, and you know, um, yeah, like having these, these weird, crazy dreams and you find out it's, it's, it's Verena doing that to him. Mm -hmm. So she is, you're right. She's, is more monstrous in this. Um, She's deliberately um, killing people and, uh, and she wants him to kind of become a little bit more like her. So she's less sympathetic, I think in, in in the the story as it's written than she is in the episode. Yeah, I do want to mention uh, just randomly, this also includes my favorite thing from the games, Witcher CSI, uh-huh. where he monologues about like, oh, well, this monster did this and I'm following this trail and oh, I see, I've smelled this scent and this because of this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's definitely, I think maybe this is where um, the games kind of get those yeah, ideas. Yeah, the Witcher from. CSI monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, there definitely are moments like that. All right, is it time for the hmm count, Tim? Yeah, yeah. I think it is time for the hmm count. The hmm count. How time many? For the, time, yeah. How many hmms? How many? How many hmms? I'm going to ask you, Valerie, because we already checked. We're you know sometimes we do this and we don't check, but we check this time. Um, and um, and yeah, Valerie, how many hmms are in this episode? So caveat. We said five, mm-hmm. but he also has a chuckle that's somewhat hmm-like. Yeah. So five, maybe six, yeah. but we're going with five. I'm going with five. Yeah, I think that's the better number. But if you feel insistent that that chuckle is a hmm, you know, I'm not going to argue But uh, speaking of hmms, we have some bonus hmms. Yeah. Verena had a hmm and Fringilla had a hmm. Actually, Verena had several hmms. Yeah, Verena, Verena was hmming a lot. here and there. Yeah, like I think if Verena like got her own, you know, <laughs> little spinoff show, which uh, 
she's not going to. But if she did, we'd have to do the how many hmms for her as well, because she seems to, to do yeah, it Yeah, there are everybody hmms. Yeah. A lot of hmms in this episode. Everybody hmms. I mean, in the past, it's always, like, you know, um, Yennefer has hmmed as well. Yeah. Like, it's not always just Geralt. I feel like Yaskier's done it too. Yeah. yeah. But Geralt does it far more than anyone else. That's why we count his hmms. I just think, you know. He had a lot of size, too. We don't count size. No, we but don't. There were, there were some size. We don't. And then also moments where he's making what I call his hmm face. <laughs> and like, and a lot of times where he's writing or um, or walking next to Roach. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, Roach is so so loud that I'm like, I wonder if Roach is neighing over hmms. Yeah. Because you know? it does. Because Geralt will be making his face. Roach is making all this noise. I'm like, maybe we're missing hmms. Maybe there were. But yeah, we, we can only count what we can we can confirm and hear and you know this time it's it's five maybe six um we are going to keep the count this season even though um it seems like he's he's mean a little bit less but slightly more verbose this slightly season. more verbose but he's still mean a lot so I, I i feel i feel comfortable keeping our count for season two and speaking of segments that we're keeping, mm-hmm. uh, it's time for the Crossroads of Destiny, Tim. Yeah. So yeah. first season, we were talking about things we were looking forward to in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to sort of continue that theme, at least for this episode. Yeah. We're going to talk about things for season three that yeah. we would like to see. But there's a c- fundamental difference in that when we were recording our season one episodes, um, we were recording most of them. Um, right before season mm-hmm. two um, came out. And then, yeah, there's even one that we recorded too, if you count our animated episode that um, were after the release and after we had seen season two. So we at least knew what, what season two was going to cover. We knew characters who were going to be in it. We knew actors who were going to be in it. Um, and so we could, we could anticipate a lot. We knew like, like Geralt was going to care more on Morin. We knew See, that that's the be- second time you made that mistake, Tim. You yeah. did it in a previous episode too. Yeah, I don't know. That's the problem with us having this care more on sec. I actually say that more care often. Care more on than care more in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I naturally go to that. Mm-hmm. What I love about you, Valerie, is you drink too when I fuck up. <laughs> like you don't have to, but you do. That. I don't have so- to, but I do because I am a true friend. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um. We knew that Geralt was going to care Morin. We knew that he'd be seeing other witchers. So we could we could talk about that. We don't know what's going to happen in season three. We, you know, we we can speculate from the books a little bit. Um, we feel it'll probably be largely adapting the time of contempt, but we don't know. And they've changed so much with this season from the book that yeah, it's a lot of speculation. So we're gonna be speculating a lot more. Um, I think last season it was like, this is what we know it's going to be in season two that we are really excited about. This season is going to be more like, this is what we hope we'll see in season mm-hmm. three. And even some things where we maybe know we're not going to, but we just think would be really cool. Yes. So so um, with the increased budget this yeah. season, the makeup and special effects, at least in episode one, have been pretty freaking badass. Yeah. So we want to talk about what makeup special effects we would like to see in season two, particularly as it corresponds to like monsters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is total just speculation on our on our part. So um, you want me to go first? Or yeah, you go for go? it. All right. Well, so I was thinking about this and again, just kind of, you know, dreaming big because I know, you know, what is coming up in the books and. And the truth of the matter is, as the story goes on, Geralt does less and less monster hunting, or it help, happens more almost peripherally. But looking at you know monsters and monsters we've we've 
heard about and monsters we've seen in the games and and ones we've seen on the show versus ones we haven't. And I realized there's a whole class of monster. Actually, my first thought, by the way, I should say, was I want to see like Neckers like crazy. I want to see all <laughs> of that. Like, yeah, but that's not actually what I'm going to say. That's 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 my joking one. But I would my first thought was like I just started writing down Neckers, you know. But then, <laughs> um, but then no, actually, what I think I'd like to see. Um, and it, it's, it's, it kind of is almost set up in this episode with him talking about his dream, but a rock troll, yeah. like we've not seen any trolls and the trolls in the game are hilarious. They're great. Yeah. They're like, you know, for people who have not played the game, um, trolls are like they're, they're sentient in as much as they can talk, they can communicate, they speak English, sort but, they're, of. but they're very stupid. Yeah. And sort of, they speak a very sort of, um. Like, you know, hard to understand almost English, like simple words, mm-hmm. um, very kind of crude, like I guess basic, basic understanding of English. Um, and, and, and they're, you know, they're kind of simple creatures. So, you know, they, um, they do, you know, fun things like one of them wants shoes and wants to, you know, have shoes made that fit like rock trolls and mm-hmm. you know and then there's the one that i think it's the nilf guardian army that he's it's like drawing stuff join. Yeah. yeah it's always like drawing you know the nilf guardian son or you know and you have a little side quest dealing with him like they're always a lot of fun but they're these big like like rock creatures you know like they're made out of rocks and they look like kind of funky and i and think he had a dream about one yeah Girl in this episode had a dream about a rock <laughs> troll that was overly friendly I know. whatever that means <laughs> but unfortunately i think like that's probably the closest we're going to get to seeing rock trolls is him mentioning them in his dream like they're not in the books so it's like i don't know how they would fit one into um the episode but um but I don't know if they did. I would think it'd be cool. I would love yeah. to see a rock troll. That'd be fun. And it's like we have not seen a monster like that yet, even in this season. So I think it would be very different from what we've seen. So I think it'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. So what is what is yours? Well, with Verena being so crazy and badass this mm. season, yeah. I want to see more humanoid monsters, mm. specifically uh, mermaids and sirens oh, yeah. and succubi, which I think is the plural of succubus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see some of that. I suck. Yeah, no, th- those are all really cool creatures, and you know, there's a story that could be adapted that could involve mermaids yes, if they chose to do it. Yeah, there's a short it. story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, it's the one short story that you know um, I don't think they've touched at all, and I don't know how they would. Um, but um, but it's a great it's a great story. It's one of my my favorites in all the books, and it would it would drive the the Garaskir stands like insane, you know, um, because, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, stuff happens. But, but yeah, um, I would love to see more just like humanoid monsters because with Verena is really the first one that we've seen yeah. so far. So and humanoid monsters are are tough, but like because they did so good with did such a good job with Verena, yeah. I think um, I think they could pull it off. But sometimes, you know, like those humanoid monsters where it's like half human and half yeah. like goat or fawn, you know, you know, like a fawn. Um, and I think that's how the succubi look in the game. Now mm-hmm. they, they could totally change how they look for the show. They don't have to follow how they look in the game, but they have those like horns that goats yeah, have. Yeah. Like and fawn legs or I think they do legs, have fawn yeah. legs. Yeah. Um, but which, you know, if they went that approach, that would be interesting, especially to see if they could pull it off and make it look sexy because it could also just look ridiculous. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of not like someone you would want to be seduced by. (laughs) So 
that's pretty much it. But we're going to start finishing up these podcasts with something new, something we haven't done Ooh, prior to this. Mysterious. Well, you know, it's mysterious to our listeners, but you know what we're doing. Um, we're Don't going reveal to, my secrets. We're going to we're going to start um, finishing up um, as we wrap up with a toast each um, podcast, and um, sometimes I'll make it. Sometimes. Valerie will make it. Maybe we can even convince producer Sean to make one or two because <laughs> um, he's certainly willing to, to drink the whiskey with us. But since this is the first one, um, I'm going to do it. So um, I wanted to lift this glass of Whistle Pig Piggyback Rye to both of you guys and say this episode did a lot of things. It starts season two. It um, introduces um, this relationship of of Geralt and Ciri, and we get to see them together for the first time. It's it's very much an episode of beginnings. And so, yay, we're in season two of our podcast. So let me toast to that, to a great beginning. And, you know, hey, I'm excited to get into the rest of the season with you, Valerie and producer Sean. So Thanks, cheers. guys, to season two. Whiskey with Witcher is a Malcontent Media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, picks, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at WhiskeyWitcher and on Instagram at WhiskeyWithWitcher. Want to express your undying love for Roach or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at WhiskeyWithWitcher at Malcontent.media. Who knows, we might even get drunk enough to read your email in a future podcast. If you like what you've heard, toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! It's funny you mentioned that, Valerie. I even wrote down, Skellige has good food? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not the only one who uh. said that. We did, um, we did Macbeth my junior. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Hotel um, spot. I was I was Duncan, but if you ask me to say any of the lines, I can't remember. So that's why I'm always impressed when you bust out that one Shakespeare monologue, you know. Or Hill or Dale, um, through flood, through fire, Parker path, through brush, through briar, I do wander everywhere, swifter yeah. than the moon spear, and I serve the fairy queen to do her orbs upon the green cowslips tall. Her pensioners be in their gold cloak spots, you see? Those be rubies, fairy favors, and their freckles with their savers. I must go hang some dewdrop. Oh, no, shoot, I missed it. I must go seek some dewdrops here and hang a pearl on every cowslip's ear I'm, i think that's it i must go seek some dewdrops here and hang a pearl on every cowslip's ear farewell thou lobe of spirits i'll be gone our queen and all her elves come here and on <laughs> um bravo now did i memorize an important monologue from an important character no i memorized a random fairy that shows up says that and leaves <laughs> and that's all you see of them ciao bye <laughs>